now. Hey guys, can you hear us? <laughs> um, we're still trying to uh, gather ourselves after that crazy conference. It's been an amazing, it was an amazing, an amazing uh, conference. And um, we're going to talk with these two um, presenters who were at the conference and we're going to go through. Um, clearly, I'm not prepared. Sorry, I need to stop trying to read the chat and do an intro at the same time. Um, anyway, welcome back to the show, guys. Uh, I you. guess everybody can hear me. Um, Tony is back for like the hundredth time and Jackie is back uh, for the second time. They were both presenters at the conference and uh, it was amazing. We had a blast um, and we're going to talk about it in case you weren't there. We're going to uh, just kind of do a little recap and uh, see what comes up. So welcome back, guys. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having me back. And thanks for the conference. Thanks for putting on such a good conference, man. It was awesome. Right. Thank yeah. you for thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into whenever we said, hey, we can do a conference. And it became uh, it, it became life consuming and overwhelming, but it, it was all worth it. I mean, I was I was shocked at what we created and who showed up and how many people showed up. And just, you know, you can plan for the conference, but you can't plan for an experience like that. And I think that's what made it special. Well, you made it look like you've done it before. I mean, really, it came off largely without a hitch uh, to be expected for that many people gathering for any reason usually has a host of things go wrong. And really, I mean, it was very, very light for that. I'm getting over a little cold afterwards, and I, I guess I could call it a hangover. Might as well call it a hangover. I didn't get a lot of sleep. You know, we stayed up at bonfires late and got up early, and, and mm -hmm. I got to meet a lot of people that I've known for a long time. And finally got to meet in person. I hadn't, I hadn't met Neil, Jackie, you know, your husband. And I got to hang out and have coffee with him in the morning. That was awesome. That was a big deal to me. And just to hang out with you guys, right? Yeah. After all, after all we've been through with the book and everything, like just to hang out with you guys. And then my old friend Chris joined, uh, joined me, rode down with me. Uh, and uh, I just got to meet a lot of people that were, it was a family thing. I don't want to take all the time. And I, I know Jackie, like on our show, I do all the talking and you're like, after this, ever we're done talking, you're like, Tony, can I get a minute? <laughs> but I want to say, I want to just say one thing about, cause I thought about this, about my presentation afterwards. And I had a little bit of regret and I just want to set this clear right now in front of everybody that because of the nature of the audience and, you know, like for the first two days there, everywhere I went, everybody was like showing me love, man. It was like being around family and then hanging out with Jackie. And like I said, Neil and Chris, it was like being around really like family. And while I was presenting, there was humor. I, I cracked the jokes and like the whole crowd laughed. It was like there was a lot of back and forth. And when I thought about it after the fact, I thought, you know, if to somebody that doesn't know me or doesn't know that and they listen to my story and go see me up there laughing on stage about it, like what happened to me wasn't funny. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't funny what I went through. And I would never, ever pre be presumptuous to say that, you know, I enjoyed it or whatever, whatever I went through during my time. And the reason why I'm at the conference talking is something to be made light of. I, I just want to set it right straight that I was reflecting what the audience was like. I felt like I was amongst family and friends, like people were being awesome to me and it was very easy to be lighthearted. So when I look back, I just want anybody that sees it that might not, um, that might think that I don't take that seriously because, you know, and 
Plus getting the book over with really exercised a lot of the negative feelings I've always had about what happened to me. Once the book was over, it was like, I'm able to let go of a lot of it. <clears throat> and I don't have to dwell on, on a lot of the hard parts. I can just tell people, go read the, go read the damn book. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. so I just I, wanted to say that. That's all. Yeah. I, I think you were feeding yeah. off the energy of the room because that's mm -hmm. all, that's all it was. It was being like around friends and family, soul family. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's no reason to apologize. I understand where you're coming from, but it was it was all it was all perfect for the moment, and it, it felt right. It was nothing awkward about it. And yeah, anyone who was there in person would, I would assume, would know that. But people, I could see people watching the live stream, maybe who they're not thinking about that. You know, that's right. good to clarify. Definitely. And then you literally jumped, and then you literally jumped off the stage when you made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of promised myself I wasn't going to talk about any kind of flu or anything like that like i wasn't going to touch on that subject and when i did it was too late already i felt like right well it was it was amazing myself. and every time i saw you you were giving me a hug i was like you're like dude this is awesome it was so fun <laughs> um jackie um welcome back i know this was your first time actually speaking live uh publicly obviously you've done shows and stuff um how was your experience uh first time was that your first conference you've ever been to also no, definitely not my first conference, but the first time speaking about experimental programs and abductions live. And um, it's, it's interesting when I came on you guys show the first time I had like a nerve, like a nervous reaction to talking about it. You know, like when you're finally letting out your truth, there's a lot of internal things that go on. But this time on stage, I just felt comfortable at home. So for me, it was... It was um, something about helping with Tony's book. I told Tony it was like cathartic for me. It was almost like a therapy processing going through putting his book together. It made it easier for me to speak about it. And, and then having Neil, my husband there was like, you know, we kind of joked. I was like, I'm happily married. I, I, I have a good business. So I have nothing to lose. You know, there are people who don't talk about it because they have everything to lose. And like just getting there and being like, I'm just going to tell the truth because there's nothing on the line for me. You know, Neil's not going to leave. I mean, I guess he could, but he's probably not going to. He's not going to leave me. My family knows about it. Some of my other family has been involved and it was, it was, uh, I felt lucky, which is a weird thing to say when you talk about like being in the programs or abducted. But I felt lucky to be in a position where it was so low risk to be able to just go there and tell exactly the truth. And the people there were amazing. It really was like being with family. And, and I have to second Tony and saying, you guys really put on a great conference. I would never know it was your first time. It was like you do this every year. <laughs> thank you. Well, well thank you. It yeah, and blew and us away as well. We, yeah. Right. I mean, we couldn't believe how well it, it, turned out to be and the amazing people that showed up um yeah it was well somebody scott savoy told me uh book book it and they'll they will come or however he worded it but yeah exactly. i mean it's just kind of you know what it was we just that's exactly what it was uh, yeah. we just had um, faith that it was right i think and i think we had a lot of uh et helpers or guides whatever you want to yeah. say um they really helped pull this thing off and and the protect protection we had like the energetic yeah. protection there um uh if you're not if you're not paying attention to that kind of stuff and you're not taking the proper precautions uh 
it might not be as great of a time as it could have been just because from past experiences of other conferences but um jackie your presentation was amazing you would never know it was your first time you just like you were yeah. a pro up there very polished and uh it was very uh, digestible it, it didn't make you sound crazy at all if you if you were even worried about that because um uh, you know uh, my sister was there and she's not really into this stuff. And she was really blown away. She, you know, this, it was very convincing. It was a very good it presentation. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah, it was amazing. Seriously. You did a phenomenal job. Oh, thank you. I think we're all beyond worrying about sounding crazy at this stage too. <laughs> okay. I know, I know this sounds exactly. crazy to some people, but if you're first in this, then, you know, it is what it is. Right. Exactly. I right. I knew you were going to do really good, Jackie, but it's still like you were my, it, I had the, you know, it was like a sister or a relative that's about to go on stage for this local play and you're still nervous, like, seriously, yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't want anything bad to happen. And then halfway through, I was like, as if, I mean, God. Yeah. <laughs> made it look easy. But I have a question for Jackie and for you guys, because I think I, from what I heard, while you were on stage, you were talking, you know, you're a medium and people come through and you had two, two spirits come through i don't know the terminology right and i've known you for years yeah. uh i don't know but you had two people two separate entities come through and one of them you had already taken care of you already contacted and sorted out who it was before you went on stage but while you were on stage like on the fly you were like there's somebody coming through right now and made it sound really nonchalant but afterwards that after the crowd left there was somebody in the crowd is that right yeah yeah well, we I mean, were able to talk and then, and then I've never had this, but it was like, because there was a line of people wondering if it was them, then I got to do like little micro sessions with people. So there was somebody who just lost his father. And I was like, I just did it. You know, we just did little, okay, this is what they're saying. This is what I'm getting. And I was able to talk to, it, it's hard to be like, no, I'm sorry. That spirit that was coming through wasn't for you. Now go. So I said, okay, let's see what is. And then I just had these little mini sessions with every single person that queued up to see if it was for them. So that was kind of, I don't know, I've never done that. I didn't even know if I could. Sometimes I have like a ramp up time to get connected to the spirit. So that was kind of nice. But I did find the person who, I was able to connect with the human, with the spirit that was like on stage, like you have to find this person for me. And we chatted for half an hour after. That's that's always mind blowing. Like I like I said, I've never been a skeptic, but I'm amazed at how nonchalant, like how quickly and easy it just comes through. It's like honestly, me watch. too. Sometimes, me too. I'm like, is this really happening? This like by name with these t details, it's still, you know, I'm still a human in the experience sometimes too. Right. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. I actually forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up, Tony. There um, were a lot of synchronicities there. I mean. Well, let's talk about the, the red macaw, Tony. Um, for the people who uh, weren't there, they don't really understand what happened with this bird showing up. And I'll let you tell the whole story. But that was pretty powerful. I mean, when I saw you walking around with that bird on your shoulder, you had tears in your eyes. And I, and I didn't realize what was going on until you explained it to me. But for the people who weren't there, can you explain to them what happened? And you know, in the back of your, In the back of my mind, I'm like, everybody knows because they read the book. I'm thinking this entire room of 200 people must have read the book and know exactly what I'm talking about. When I was walking through the cafeteria, you know, through the through the breakfast hall with a macaw on my shoulder, but um, 
you know, I mean, it's a cliff note in the book, really, it's not a big long story. But for me personally, that was like, a so and I kept thinking about it, I, I realized kind of on the way home that during the moment, what happened was, I was sitting at uh, breakfast, it was the morning that I was going to talk and remember, I had my laptop out and you sent me a message about that one crew, like watch out for those guys. And so I moved over and I'm like, put everything away. And I really wasn't satisfied because with my slideshow that morning, I was kind of putting it together and I was not satisfied with it. I wanted to add more new stuff for you guys than the same show. And I literally was thinking about it and I was talking to, so I was sitting over by not the connect four, but the other one. And I was sitting there going, I hope I do good. I hope this is good enough. And I look up and there's a, you know, I'm 25 feet away from a scarlet wing macaw. And I went, and it was like an absolutely like a religious moment for me. It was, I, I, I stopped everything and just went straight to it. I think I was like mid conversation with somebody who was rude and walked off. And I walked up to him. He said, here, you can hold it. He didn't even, it didn't even take two seconds. And uh, he goes, here, he put him on you. And I did. And when he was like on my arm, I just like broke into tears. And then the film crew showed up, you know, the, the people from, uh, Amsterdam that Linda right. and those guys started filming me and I kind of shook got got it together girlfriend and uh <laughs> but for people who don't know um I, I promised myself I wasn't going to cry on Journey of the Truth again either so promise <laughs> <laughs> uh people don't know in my book I talk about it and like I have I literally have a Scarlet Ring McCall tattoo like I have it inked on me and I don't get I don't get tattoos for no reason like it's a big it's a like I got, I got a lot of my tattoos. I started in Hawaii and it's a spiritual religious thing to the Polynesian culture to tattoo yourself. And so I treat them, I treat tattoos with that regard. You don't get a random tattoo. You get something that has a deep spiritual meaning. And I have my, my arm is like a giant scarlet wing macaw. Yep. And um, during the time in Peru, I was <laughs> broken. I just left the trauma-based mind control program and was an emotionally broken child. And there were kids, there were times when I was not, I wanted to play with the other kids that were there. You know, I talked about it in the, in the conference. I, I, I'm trying to go quick here. And um, I wasn't allowed to. And I just felt like I was a cursed kid. And my handler, for lack of a better word, my chaperone, Manuel, was the only guy that could speak English. So he took care of me while I was in Peru at that time in a 20 and back. So in a separate kind of timeline from my organic, my life. And uh, we started, we were birdwatch all the time. So that kind of comes with the territory when you live in the junk, the Amazon jungle that you begin to birdwatch because many beautiful birds come and go. And he always said the most beautiful one that comes there is the scarlet wing macaw. And anyhow, then later on, um, you know, months later, he got into an altercation with a guy and I said, why don't you just beat him up? And he said, I can't beat him up. He's got a blessed life. He's blessed. You know, the guy's lucky. That was his thing. He was always lucky. And I said, like, you're way bigger than him. Just punch him. You know, we, we had like a bro big brother, little brother kind of relationship. And he goes, I can't. And I said, does that mean my life is cursed? Because I'm definitely not lucky. You know what I mean? By how I was living. And, and he said, I don't know. You know, it's not it's too early to tell. He said, we don't know yet. And we kept I said, well, how am I going to test it? He said, you can test the you can test fate to see if you're blessed. Like they have a belief down there. I don't know. I'd like to go down there. I'd like to go to Peru and have this conversation to be, to be perfectly honest. But uh, so we said, it. I said, well, if I see the most beautiful bird, if, if I get to see a scarlet wing macaw before I leave, then I'll take it as a sign that I have a blessed life. And if I don't, then I won't. And he said, and the scarlet, wing, the scarlet 
winged macaw does not have a migration. So, but it does show up in that village for only a couple weeks a year, right after the rainy season. Like that was, he knew that everybody, he said, you're most likely to, you can see them all year round, but you're most likely to see them in the first two weeks after the rainy season. And I did not see them. They were people, other people were seeing them, but I didn't see them. And I took it as a sign that I was cursed. Right. Because I mean, like I had no, I was like living like a foster kid and I'd been tortured already at that point and seen some really bad stuff already at that. You know, I was like 12 years old at that time, 12 and a half years old. And uh, it was like only a couple of days before I was going to leave that I was going to be shipped out. And I saw a flock of them. And so during that time, like I saw them right, they landed right in the street in town and I saw him and he, he saw them from down the street and ran up to see if I saw them. Did you see them? I said, yeah, I, I did. You know, like, and so that was like a big moment to me in all of those, in all of those years, when things bad happened to me, I referred to that moment. Like that's kind of was like something that helped me get through bad things that happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if everybody does this, I'm weird or something, but like, you have to have an anchor into believing that your life is worth living, that you're a good person, that you're something good's going to happen. You have to have an anchor for that when misfortune happens. Like some people shake off misfortune. It's easy. It's like amazing. I'm not like that, you know, but that during that time, I was always like referred like this. I saw the macaw. I'm going to get through this. I saw them. I saw it. And um, so when I got my memories back in 2015, I remembered all that. I went and looked it up. I went, oh, my God. And if you look on like on Google Earth, you know, how they have the pictures, like a lot of the town squares has paintings of the McCall. Like that's a big deal to them down there still. I was sending them the Jackie back when we were writing the book. But I wanted the original cover to the book to be a scholar. I had commissioned um, who you referred to me, Tyler, uh, Katrina Vogel, mm-hmm. to, write, to do the first and then everybody I showed it to, they said, man, it makes the book look like fiction because, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a abstract drawing. It's a what? It was an illustration. Yeah, it's like an illustration. So it looks like what you'd put on a fiction book. So we chose just a basic, like a star field for the book. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, like I said, I was just in the middle of thinking about if my presentation was going to be okay. And the first time since that time in Peru, whatever X amount, 50 years later, I, there's a scarlet ring macaw in the room. And it just, uh, it set me in my tracks. Like it's still, and so I went and scrapped. I went back to, to my, got my computer back out and scrapped the slideshow and added in the Peru slides. And I wanted to mention what's gone on in that town since then. I kind of updated it and kind of just winged it. You know what I mean? I didn't have a real professional point PowerPoint with animations. Like I wasn't as good as Jackie's. And um, <laughs> I want to say, but I, before I change the subject, I just want to say that for me, it was a deeply spiritual thing. So it was a huge omen for the whole entire conference that there was a macaw there. And I asked him to bring it in. And I guess there was an issue with one of the guys. I didn't want anything. But I said, yes, if you want, please. I would love to have the macaw in the room while I'm talking. Um, but Jackie, did you add the pips on your timeline? Because after you saw mine at the very bottom, it looked like you added the little pips on your slide after. I don't know what you mean by pips. There's a little, there's a little bracket on the bottom of your timeline you had them broke out in the different places yeah and on the bottom did you add that after the fact i'm curious i'm dying to know no that was like a formatted timeline i found in the design program i used uh, but okay, i have to tell it. you something i was debating one slide in my presentation because i was kind of like do i want to get into hollywood and the strategic placement of ets and certain um you know 
uh, occult characters in children's books and stuff. And I was like standing outside my room and this bird bomb dived, got in my hair, flew around in my hair and then flew off. And I was like, <laughs> just standing there. And I was like, did, did you see that? And Neil was like, yeah, that bird was like trying to steal your hair. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm putting the slide in. I'm taking it as a positive omen. But it was weird. The birds, there was something going on with the birds. Yeah, that's interesting. So I that's didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't oh, know yeah. that either. It like got in my face and my hair standing outside of the cabin. You know, um, the very last night we were there, I went back to the room and I was getting ready to come out by the fire and I was going to grab this crystal that was on the table. And uh, it was a big piece of Lemurian quartz. And I put it in my pocket, but I had gym shorts on. I'm like, man, if it falls out, it's dark, it's muddy. You know, I don't want to lose it. So I put it back on the table and went out for the bonfire. The next morning when I was checking out of my room, it was gone. And I thought, because the lady had already started cleaning the room, I thought, did she take that crystal? You know, I'm sitting here like, well, she needed it better than I did because it was gone. And I'm looking for it. Looked all through the room, packed up. I went out to my car to blow my stuff up. And it was in my car. Wow. It was a crazy dude. It was like it took me back just like what Tony said. And maybe like I've I've ran it through my head a hundred times. I'm like, did I bring it out there? But I didn't. I, I remember no memory of I remember yeah. taking it out of my pocket and putting it back down. I was like, no, I'm gonna leave it here because I don't want to lose it. And uh anyway, it's just wow. it's like if, it seemed like a lot of people were having weird stuff like that happen. It was really interesting. And it, Actually, if I can pull it up, somebody got a really good picture of a UFO too across the river. Yeah, um, that was amazing. Wow, on the on site. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was one of the it was like one of the cloudy nights too. Right. Yeah, it was like a light during show. the conference. Yeah. Right. I, I'm not really prepared for that, but if I find it, I'll uh, I'm gonna throw it up on the screen. Um. <clears throat> so what else happened? Oh, we had to we had to kick the feds out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two guys. That uh, went well. Uh, yeah, I would say this: that no matter what, even if they were guys that were not there to do harm, they were not doing the right thing in the right way. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was kind of a no-brainer. They weren't they weren't being proper about it. And uh, there's a way to go about things, especially when there's other people in the audience involved and people talking. So, you know, you you. I am fully aware that the check is in the mail, that there's going to be a hit piece on me eventually. You know what I mean? Like there's only, you can only go so far doing anything. You can be a dancer or a singer and you're only going to make it so far before they, you get attacked, you know? So this, yeah. um, we saw what happened with James Rink at the 5D events, how they came in and set him up with a fake interview. And then they went on all of a sudden mm -hmm. they had like 80,000 views in like two days. So you see that this stuff slander sells or whatever, if, or if it's, you know what I mean? A, co a coordinated attack on the information because they do not want us to really share this info as well as we're doing. So you can kind of see it coming. Exactly. And um, I think, by, I think you may have dodged a big bullet by doing that. Well, they had, our, I, they already interviewed me and I had already signed a little waiver thing and I regret doing that, but a whole synchronistic the synchronicity is all over the place right so I, we get interviewed all the time but he was asking questions like um do you think feds ever show up at these types of events and i said <laughs> you know and then he was asking do you think there's any feds here right now then he asked do you guys ever play spot the fed then he said <laughs> and then he's like do you guys ever take precautions for this type of stuff 
and uh, it was real it was real sketchy and uh, uh an individual one of these guys had left their phone laying on the table and, and somebody at the conference found it and he was trying to figure out whose phone it was they had a case and there was three the guy had three ids so not that that makes him a fed but with with the fact that somebody found that and then he was asking me all these questions and i've already had to warn them twice because so many people were complaining about them just having like a negative energy um it was tough to have to like i've never really had to kick anybody out of an event before but i think it was the right thing for sure hard to sneak it's hard to be like that when a lot of people in the crowd were heavy hitters as far as energy work goes you know what i mean like you had a lot of people that were Right. Very well, gifted psychics. That's like right. 30 feet. They kept trying yeah. to talk their way back in. And that's what I finally had to tell them. I was like, listen, this is an entire crowd full of empaths and psychics. And they're all seeing a dark energy around you. And, and um, they don't get a good vibe. Bottom, bottom line, in particular, females, you're making a lot of the females uncomfortable um, by what you're doing. So it was uh, one of those things that you can't expect. But um, hey, we dealt with it and moved on from that yeah we're gonna do a better vetting <laughs> process next time uh before the conference because right it was just the email you know it's hard to vet somebody through email um properly but we're gonna make sure next time we, we we're a little more thorough so it doesn't happen i can't even send this picture to my computer to put it on the screen oh well anyway um yeah definitely a better vetting process um, so I know you guys are gonna, um, you're probably tired of me asking you guys to tell this story, but it's my favorite story. And I don't think I've ever actually got you two on the show together to tell this story, the water story about, um, Jackie having a vision of Tony, uh, drowning. Uh, would you guys, for the audience who doesn't know that story, would you guys mind sharing that? because I think it actually, it's really important to your connection. And I think there's, a, you know, obviously a higher purpose as to why you guys are working together and doing the books together. Wait, let me go first. Okay. And then I'll correct you. Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so when I was very young, my parents wanted to have a second home in Northern Michigan or, you know, and we would take trips up and go camping up here and where kind of where I live now. And we went camping to a campground and I went out on a raft with my sister and uh, one of the girls that was like camping there as well, made friends with my sister. I think I was seven. That means my sister would have been 12 and we were on a raft and I did not know how to swim at the time. And so, but we were on an inflatable raft and boys started flirting with them and they were throwing mud at us and stuff, you know, it was myself, my sister and another girl, I think her name was like candy or something like that on the raft. And then they threw a dead fish at us and then they came and knocked us over and I started drowning. I went to the bottom of the lake, which was pretty deep and I couldn't swim. And my sister was having a hard time already getting back out for herself. And I kind of gave up and sunk down and literally was drowning. And I saw basically Jackie go get it together. You know, like something like get it together. You can't just get, get up. And I started swimming and I got to the top and I grabbed my sister's hair and pulled myself up and got a breath of air and, and let go and kind of sunk again. But then my dad got eventually got to me and saved me and took me back. But when I got back to shore, candy took off and my sister goes, who's Jackie? 
because I was like, Jackie told me to swim. You know, like I kept asking about her. I forget exactly the verbiage, but it was like, June's like, who's Jackie? What are you talking about? That was Candy. I was like, no, not her. Where's Jackie? And I was, I remember that. Like that's something that stuck out in my head. Fast forward to when was that, Jackie, that when we tried? 18 months ago. Fast forward to 18 months ago. And we were, you, you, you can take over from here if you'd like. Well, we were trying one of the, the gateway process from the Monroe Institute because we wanted to meet in the, we'll call it the astral world. We wanted to meet outside of our bodies to see if I have, if I'm all on earth or there's part of me still in outer space, basically is what we were trying to do. So we agreed to meet on the moon. So we did it at the same time and I started my astral projection to the moon and I got there and I saw Tony and I said, oh, we made it, let's go. Like, let's travel together to see if we can locate me anywhere else. And Tony was stuck, like lead. And I was like, Tony, come on, you gotta come with me. And I couldn't get his uh, immaterial body to move. It was still really heavy and then I, all of a sudden I shifted in and I saw the raft, the head going up and down above water. And I was still saying to him, Tony, come on, come on. You, you know, you could do this, come on, in the water. And then, you know, I didn't know what was happening, but I was like, okay, he's not, I can't take him with me now, but I'm still gonna go because I'm already in this state. And so I left and I went and did my own a meditation session out in the cosmos without Tony. So in a way I was like, oh, this wasn't successful. Well, then when I called him the next day is when I said, Tony, did you ever, were you ever drowning in a raft as a young boy? And at first Tony, you were like, no. And I was like, yeah, it was like the raft was tipped and I saw you go down and up. And I kept telling you like, come on, come on. And then he was like, then he said, yes. And he told me the story that he just shared with you guys. And then the interesting thing is that it would have been, I wasn't born yet when that happened, but it, was, it wasn't like I had a vision of it. It was like I was there. It was like I was in the moment and I was telling Tony, come on, come on. You time traveled essentially. Yeah. So, Astrally. Mm-hmm. So right. that's amazing. That's amazing. And you went, we, we went, we skipped a lot. We went from me camping to being on the moon and astral projecting. So I just want to fill in when you talk about, we're talking about, so what I was doing in the beginning, what her and I were doing was researching um, when the time that I was in in Yoker and the program that I was in, which was Project Grill Flame, I found the paperwork for, and the funding for Project Grill Flame, which went into Project Center Lane, which went into Project Gateway. And then it turns out there's which a- Which admit to using children as long as you get consent without defining consent. I have to add that. Yeah, they had children in the, the right. They admitted having children and using children in near-death experiences, and they had profound results. Like, um, I'm not going to drop the names of the corporations involved, but it's all public knowledge. Anyhow, the document from the Gateway, um, the CIA, basically, there were, there, there were a few documents. I have the PDFs. I share them with people openly. But there was a report back to Fort Meade, and then there was a real uh, a report back to the army in general. I think there was a, a colonel that got the report and it summed up the, the tech. And we went over that and I, we did, I was like, let's this all, I think this works because we were using it. And this is exactly how I remember it when, when I was in Inyokern and this stuff works. Let's try it. 
And so now with, uh, on my show, there's a tier on my show where there's a group that we get together and use it. And it's basically going into fo higher focus levels. It uses some Monroe Institute blended with a few other things, meditate, meditative way of going into a, uh, you know, like a higher focus state, which is like what she, she, what Jackie said as astral projecting say it's the same thing it's just different verbiage but basically just on the cusp of sleep and like we're a lucid dreaming form which she's like super good at it because she's already psychic anyway you know what i mean like you for me it took several times and then i tried it by the gateway on myself by myself when i was in kind of a hard place financially when after i moved to michigan from hawaii and it worked and the thing is i got results from it so i, I wanted to try it for her we were at the time we were researching her timeline on, on the things that she fragmented memories that she had. And I said, well, let's try this and see if we can find, we'll just get a, a read, you know, and maybe you're up there or maybe you're not. And do you want to say what we concluded out of that? Um, because I, I had a good feeling that you were still up there. Yeah. It's, I've asked myself that before in, in a regression and my answer to myself was you're not yet ready for the answer to that question. So. Which kind of is an answer within itself anyway. Yeah, it seems like a yes. Cause why would <clears throat> yeah, like say no? Exactly. Uh, but but this, this soul's ability to, it's a timelessness of the soul and the actual ability to bilocate in other timelines or, you know, because we experience it in SSP and experimental programs, these four splits of consciousness. So you're bilocating and unnaturally, but the soul's ability to do that is actually why I helped Tony with the first book, because there's more about that in the second book. So people don't know that the first book, I was like, let me get this out of the way. <laughs> let me help you get this out of the way, because I want book two, because I'm not going to say much more. Tony can, but. Um, I think book two is kind of like your idea. I'm getting a little feedback here. But um, the second book is a lot more about, I guess, a spiritual take on things. Whereas the first book is kind of like just the crowd. The, the first book, it's my hope that you can take it and read it and research it and lead yourself to other things that I found. Like you can look up times and places in the book, names, places, and dates and research it on yourself and come out with more stuff. Like I keep finding stuff that supports my claims. Um, so there's that. So that's kind of like a forensic version and getting it all off my chest and me saying, here, just read the book. You know, I don't need to tell you the story of what they did to me of being tortured. Just read the book. It's pretty, it's pretty um, no holds barred. Uh, you know what I mean? Like we didn't really pull a lot of punches with the book. You read it. It's a lot of people couldn't finish it. So the second book is I, that's why Jackie also, <laughs> you stood up and said, when is your second book going to be done, Tony? When do you expect it to be released? I've already scrapped it a couple of times. Really. I've already read quite a bit and then scrapped it, wrote quite a bit and scrapped it, but I'm still like, we published series colony Cavalier. We uploaded to Amazon on December 31st, 2021. So the next day of first day of this year is when it really came live on Amazon. And it's my hope to do the same thing with this book, you know, on the 30 December 31st of this year. So that next year it's another book. And then I'll do another one after that and be done, hopefully. Um, but it's not going to be as painful as series, series colony Cavalier was painful, man. And you know what I mean? To write, to read or to write, it was, it was painful. 
And so this one isn't like that. There's, there are some pain, there are some bumpy parts to it, but by and large, it's more of a numbness and kind of a feeling of spirituality at the end. It's kind of like my take, my experience on the return from what happened was something that gave me an insight into, I guess, um, I, things that I personally believe we all are, that we are unaware of. That's it. So, right. Yeah, well, we're looking forward a, to that. In a nutshell, yeah. Right. Sorry. Did you were you going to add to that, Jackie? No. Oh. Yes, I'm not going to. <laughs> no, I was. I wanted. We're live. But just it. Just it. No, I was just. Uh, well, you know, I shared in my presentation that when I finally started talking to my family about it, there were things everyone knew happened and remembered, and no one was talking about. And I wondered if Tony's had any experiences like that recently right so mother's day i you know i don't know who's watching in the family and right uh so i talked about it in my presentation i forgot i did but i did i talked about somebody asked me a question like you know i forget the question but i was talking about my mom that who knows in your family and i said that i tell everybody openly except for my mom like i you know what i mean like i don't want my mom to know what i went through because it was horrible and she's the kind of woman that will blame herself and some, she'll find some way to blame herself. Like she should have done something to stop it from happening or whatever, you know, like that's, just, she's a, you know, got a strong maternal instinct. She's that kind of mom. And so after I got home, I got home from the conference on Saturday and then drove out to my mom's for the first time since the book has been published to see her on Sunday for mother's day. And we went out to dinner and lo and behind, and I'm looking, when I walked in, I walked into my mom's house, hadn't been there in a while. And I'm looking through her books I sit down and I'm like, oh, hey, Ma, how's it going? She's getting ready. And my, my daughter is with me. And, and they're getting, they're all hugging and everything. And my brother's there. Tara's there. And I go, I'm looking around. I go into the bathroom and I'm looking at her books at her nightstand where she's reading, you know. And I'm like, no, I don't see the book here anywhere. And I sat down and it was under, she was like crocheting. And under her crocheting thing was, my book was popping out. So some, my sister bought her a copy of my book. And so then we go to dinner. So then I act like nothing happened, you know, like, so we go to dinner and we go back and I drop in her office. So, well, we got to get going. You know, it's like a two hour drive home. And she goes, well, before you leave, I want you to sign my book. Hmm. And wow. I was like, you know, Damn. like, man. So I get it out and I look at the bookmark where she's at and she's in Seattle in the worst part of the book, like hmm. the absolute worst. And she That's sits right. and I sign it and I wrote her a thing. I sent it, I, you know, I took a picture of it and sent it to Jackie. So, you know, and, um, you know, I just, I told her I, in the signature, I said, mom, I had hoped that you wouldn't know about any of this. And, but, you know, in this grand scheme of things, I'd like to think that it all worked out some way, you know, that some positive came out of it. And, uh, you know, I love you. Then she said, it's hard for her to read. And she didn't know that I went through all that. And she remembered that time when I was taken. She remembered the weirdness around it. She said, I remember that. that. And I, I didn't think that you went through all that. And she said, it's very hard for me to read this. And everybody cried. We all, the whole family teared up and we all cried. And, uh, you know, I gave her a big hug and then we went home. That was that. So I haven't talked to her since, but that was like, uh, you know, like that was like a big deal, you know? Um, wow. I didn't, I, wow. of all the people in the world to not know my story, you know what I mean? Like the high school principal, I'd rather him not think I'm crazy. 
or anything like that. But my mom, I wanted to protect her from the pain that I went through during that time. And so, but you know, the truth is the truth, man. You know, the bottom, the bottom line is I'm not making it up. It's the truth. So it's what I remember. It stands out every time, every time I go to test it against something, it wins the test and it keeps the, the, what I remember keeps, keeps panning out. So you know, the truth, I'd rather have the hard truth than a comforting lie. And even to my mom, who can, frankly, is a woman enough to handle it. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. For one, just sharing that, just sharing that story in itself is healing, is, is mm. healing, you know, getting past all this. It's just one thing you don't have to um, hide anymore and, and worry about. So, exactly. uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's a big moment, man. Good for you. I'm, I'm glad, you know, everything happens for a reason and, uh, yeah, I feel like now you can just that's another aspect that you can heal and move on from that time whenever that she remembers when you coming back. I remember you telling like in your story, correct me if I'm wrong, but your dad would say things like I want my son back or something like that. Oh, was, yeah. Is that that same time that she was remembering? Yeah. And the years after in the next couple of years, there was a lot of weird stuff that happened in those couple. You know, I was like 10 till 10 till 12 that it was weird everything you know like i was a weird kid i'd wake up in the moonlight saying stuff like you know like i was sharing the trauma as it happened to myself somewhere else and mm -hmm. so it was weird it was weird and then like the fauntleroy ferry story like i we went to the um mackinac island and we were going to ride the ferry and i said i want to ride the fauntleroy ferry and so that was like shoot back then there's no internet i didn't get corrupted and see this on late night tv or something you know it's like I didn't have access to that. I find out later that the Fauntleroy Ferry was what I wanted to ride when I was in Seattle to get the hell out of there. Right. Um, so that's what there was, was a lot of other stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, a, it's, it's like any, it's like anybody that comes and that I've worked with seriously out of everybody that has contact literally across the board. And I'm, I welcome anybody to, to email me if it's different, but everybody has a thousand little one line things that support what they're saying but don't define what they're saying. If that makes sense. Like there's not a, there's not a silver bullet. There's not something that's tangible. You go, look here, I got this on my 20 and back. I got this on Mars. It says Mars. Yeah. <laughs> None of that. There's nothing like that. The people don't have that, but people have stuff like that. The Fauntleroy ferry. People have things like the check, like how in the hell, like Jackie it, on when I'm like me asking my sister, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? She helped me. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like, how, what is that? What is that? There's right, a million right. things like that in, in all of our lives that don't make sense. And especially in contactees. Right. Right. Exactly. And like things, the fact that you knew the salt was on series before it was ever made public. And then years later it came out and you're like, how would I have possibly known that? How could I have taken a random, not only that, but stand yeah. my ground with it. Like when I got yeah. challenged, when NASA originally said it was different, you know, Mm -hmm. But I mean, there's just lots of little things and everybody has those. And that's really who I get flooded with. I think we're going to get, there's a, I've had a handful of people that say like, after they saw me at the conference that they want to speak publicly now. Oh, about their, so we're going to get a handful been, of people. We've right. been getting the emails. There's people lining up ready to tell their story. And uh, unfortunately there's a vetting process that has to take place. We can't just like, yeah, come on, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. can't pass the mic to everybody you got to have something to substantiate it's hard to do now because right. so much information's already been shared yeah. but uh, it's not impossible right um and jackie tony got up and asked you when your book was coming out also uh, are you comfortable with sharing anything about that about my book yeah yeah 
I mean, I've started it. I'm in conversations with two publishing companies and then still deciding if I want to just self-publish or not. Um, it'll be a combo of medium stories and my experience with what I call my guides, but it's an ET looking race that abducted me when I was a kid and has come back around and actually helps me with my sessions. I don't know how much uh, experimental programs I'll get into in the book. My, my interest has always been about the timelessness of the soul, the ability to connect to your soul or to other souls or sources, to get information, to have the best life possible. And the truth is the programs are dark. You know, it doesn't really bring in a lot of uh, healing or helpful information to talk about them unless you are another experiencer and it's going to help you walk your own path. Right. The book, I really want to focus more on how big our souls are and what's Mm -hmm. really going on and how we don't really die. And how I think we can shift our awareness into other realms, but then connect with awarenesses that are in other realms. So, I mean, it's, it's not done. People ask me all the time, are you going to talk about, you know, your experience in the programs, but I haven't had the inspiration to, it hasn't felt like fun to do that. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, helping Tony get his book out gave me permission to sort of let my own rest. You know, I'm not exploring new memories. I'm not, looking for answers anymore. It's just like, yeah, this happened. I'm never going to understand it all. And it kind of gave me permission to focus on what I think I came into this incarnation for. Wow. That's actually, I'm glad you said that um, as far as not digging up any more memories. I think that's important for everyone listening. Um, Guys, if you don't have memories coming back naturally, I mean, this would be my advice just after speaking with so many whistleblowers and survivors. Um, I wouldn't go digging. I wouldn't go digging unless it's just happening naturally and, you, and you're finding yourself dealing with this stuff um, because um, maybe that stuff is suppressed for a reason and it might not benefit your uh, life's path. And maybe uh, we're not supposed to know, even though it's, we do want to know if we were part of these programs or not at the same time. Um, it could really throw your life into a spiral if you're not prepared for what you're getting yourself into. I don't know. Would you agree with that, Tony? Absolutely. It's not. A lot of people don't realize that they begin to get bleed through memories, but you know, you're another person in the pro when you're in a 20 and back, I'm talking about specifically like this tech you're taken and you live professionally and do 20 years of, of a career return program, career return program. I do that about that. I hope, I hope Will's watching because he does the quote unquote Will. Um, <laughs> in the career return program, you're a different person. That person has different memories. It has different training and has different friends. It has a different everything. And it has uh, different opinions on the same thing. Even though you're the same exact person, your memories are different. So you arrive at different. And those people, a lot of them don't want to be remembered. And so you have to honor that. You're, you have to honor your own wishes. It's not your higher self. It's yourself. You have to honor the wishes of yourself that are that are made. And a lot of people don't, they're like happy that they're going to be deleted. They're going to have their memories. So a lot of people are happy about it. And so, but people still get to bleed through memories and go, and your natural assumption is to go, 
what is this? And then you start hearing about it from people like me or other whistleblowers that come forward. And you go, I think that's exactly what happened to me. Mm-hmm. How do I get more of this? Because, you know, it's like a mystery, you know, that you must be solved. What happened to me? Because it is a big part of your persona. And um, so it, it can be dangerous. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially if you don't have a lot of, a lot of people subconsciously don't want to remember. And so the memories can get dots connected and be inaccurate. I think that, I think that you have to build up a good repertoire, a good story, a good timeline to where you know enough about it for it to make sense to somebody that knows nothing about it before you should speak about it. That's all I would say. Would you, you know, I said this to Neil when going through like what I wanted to share and what I didn't. First of all, you you can never cover everything in an hour or two hour presentation, but I feel like for every sentence that I can currently share publicly, there's a sentence that I can't talk about yet, or I don't ever want to talk about publicly. And I'm saying that meaning there are things that are easy to share with the crowd or an audience. And there are things that you go through or you do when you're in the programs that I, I can't bring myself to say publicly because it was me. And it's like, it's like, I don't know if I'm giving this words right, but there's an element of shame to it of like, I don't want to talk about that part of my experience to people because when you really dig up enough and connect to it and it's you, you have a lot of shame to process usually in these kinds of things. So I always say that for every sentence someone sharing publicly, there's a sentence that they're not willing to or will never talk about publicly. Would you agree, Tony? There's absolutely a great deal that I don't talk about publicly, especially in the book. You know, well, you know, at the end of the book, the whole, like Nikki, we mentioned her as a cliff note. There was a lot of stuff that happened there that's cut out of the book. There's a ton of stuff that happened there that is really none of your guys' business. I mean, to be, not to be rude, but basically, you know what I mean? Like there's things that we decided like, look, nobody, this is like personal stuff. Right. And if it's not going to help, if it's not going to help disclosure or whatever, it's like such a point, you know? I think that I put a lot of that stuff, I put a lot of the culture from up there because, and well, for one, I, it, I had the cart in front of the horse. Like my testimony was on in a five hour special with Dr. Sala before I even realized what I was doing. It was already online and had a hundred thousand views before I went, Oh, oops, I shouldn't have never said that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, wow, oops. I might not have wanted to say that. So, but it's part of the evidence and you know what I mean? Like there's a whole different kind of, um, uh, wild west about it up there everybody's aware that they're going to get their memories erased everybody's aware that they're whatever you happens to your body is not going to be an issue if you go up there and contract some disease or get tattoos or get you're not going to get pregnant you know what i'm saying like there's a lot everybody's aware of it so there's especially at the end of the 20 years there's a very barnstorming caution to the wind kind of lifestyle when we know we knew when somebody was at the end of their tour there was like a party but they they just didn't care you know, because I'm going back, I'm not going to forget it anyway. So what do I care? Yeah. And so the, the, the culture is based like that. It enables that. And then on top of the, on top of that productivity is King rather than morals or anything else. So sexuality was kind of helped keep down there to help to push along productivity. So there's a lot of corrupt, there's a lifestyle up there that is basically not, um, you know, kind of taboo for us down here. And so right. that's where it's at. I think we're seeing right. a. I think we're seeing in the name of disclosure them blending it to our kids, like they're really pushing. You know what I mean? Like, 
the whole gender thing, the whole gender identity, like one, you can decide you're a man now, you can decide you're a girl next year, it's no big deal. Like that's kind of a bleed through of what the programs are like, really. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I'm not saying it like it's a bad thing, but it's a reality of the reality of the programs is different than the reality we have down here. Right. And so, well, d- sorry. Um, go ahead. I just wanted to touch also that I, you know, I had somebody email me was a, would watch, was a member of my Patreon show, a guy. And he said one time in an interview, they said, well, and I said, well, how would you like it if you woke up and all of a sudden remembered that you were a serial killer, Tyler? Uh, I'm saying I'm asking you, or, you know, you personally, okay. how would you like it if tomorrow you woke up and all of a sudden you remembered murdering hundreds of people, right? Yeah. It would, it would, right. it would hurt. What if you woke up and all of a sudden you remembered that you lived 10 years as a homosexual, right? And so I had a guy, he was, he was a homosexual. He wrote me and he said, I was hurt and I canceled my account because you made it sound like it was a bad thing. And I said, I wrote him back and I apologized. I said, look, it's nothing homophobic about it. I said, it was, it, I meant it as big of a shock. Like imagine if you as a homosexual woke up and you were a heterosexual for 10 years, how, how shocking that would be. You know what I'm saying? That your entire identity that you've grown into now in this reality on earth here, your entire identity, all of a sudden you get these vivid memories of having a completely different opposite identity mm-hmm. of what you, what you are. And so it has nothing to do with like being homophobic or anything, but I'm saying that this is a reality of people getting their memories back. There's a lot of people get those memories back and go, whoa, you know, like, and once you get the memories back, you can't put it back in the bottle. You can't re-forget what they've done. You're not going to go through the deleting, the blank slating, deleting process again. Once you get these memories back, people get memories and they want more and more and more. And then all of a sudden they get something back that they can't re-forget and they would rather not know. And so, and like Jackie, I, you know, we talked about some of the things that you have, like there are personal things that I went through up there that are, you know, like, I don't want to re forget them, but I also don't want to share them either. There's, there's a lot of things that, I mean, the whole thing was like shameful for me, really top to bottom. I mean, well, but a lot of people have that, have that experience. And Daryl James, he was told um, by his CO, his commanding officer that um, if um, he said, I forget what the percentage was, but if people come back and they allow them to have their memories, um, they all end up committing suicide within, within six, six months. Six months, yeah. Yeah, if if they don't, if they're not memory wiped, because it's too much. It's, it's so too traumatic. much to handle. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's why I was bringing up the whole thing. Like, if you're not just having memories come back naturally, don't dive into it. Um, were you wanting to say something, Jackie? You look like you have something to say. No, no, no. no. I think we covered it. It's basically like you what tony said you you can and likely will remember things that you might not even be able to integrate with who you are today and those are hard because you can't right put them back into the forgotten file i think the people yeah. who so i have a theory like the people who are remembering obviously it's part of your soul's contract you probably signed up to remember to like my theory is like before you even came to earth yeah. Part of your contract was, yeah, I'm going to be abducted into the program so I could come back and disclose it so we can heal that and move on for this time, this great awakening. And I feel like that's why we have all these people come forward as a wave of guys all sharing similar information about these uh, terrible things that are happening um, in space, underground, everywhere. I do have another theory. I think that we're going to get a second wave of people coming, which this is a good news, in my opinion. Uh, of people who are going to be um, recalling memories from 
a more benevolent program, a program that has been working on the side of humanity that was done with consent. And um, I think we're going to, I think uh, the future of disclosure, as far as SSP goes, won't be so traumatic. And we're going to start learning about um, the lighter side of things. I just, I don't know if you guys feel the same way about that, but. You know, I think it's the same as history. So when you hear some, you, when you hear some stories of World War II, of people that were in World War II, they're horrible. They're traumatic and horrible. There's many millions of people that went through great trauma. There's other people that went through World War II and World War True. Yeah. World War II. There's other people that lived during that time that, I mean, had a better time of it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't have the words. I'm not saying it right, but. Basically, it's the same thing with the programs. There's people like me that went up there and had a great deal of trauma. There's other people that went up there and did a great deal of good. And so there, there have been others. There have been others that have come forward that had people silence them with stories like that. So I'll just leave it at that. There's been people that have been public that we've already heard from that had good things to say and then had people in the community very hawkishly shut them up so hopefully that'll stop that'll come to it i mean there's a wave of people coming like you said like there are thousands of people that have memories whether or not they're called to speak public sit on journey to truth with us and tell their story is a different thing you mm -hmm. know uh, like i said mm -hmm. it, it was never my intention it's just that this was the path speaking publicly about it was the only kind of outlet I had for it. So I was already begun before I realized what I was doing and it was too late. Right. So here, here we are, but um, not everybody wants to talk about it publicly, but a lot of people do. And I think we'll, we'll get some good stuff. You know, the, the long and short of it is, is that the space is an endless thing and there's a lot of access to it. And, and the reality is, is that we're very advanced what's going on up there. The corporations have had their way with it. And it's time for them to scoot over and let it, let society in in a, in a in a in a humane way, you know. I mean, it's just that simple. That right. That's where we're at. Yeah. And it's happening. We got literally the ISS catching space fleets on its feed now. Uh, a few uh, a few separate occasions, we're getting entire fleets yeah. of. I mean, undeniable. It's like okay, like it's time. Like they just can't keep the lid on it anymore. Uh, the exactly. the the Halo series. If you guys have watched that yet, it's like you're watching the Secret Space Program bundled into a series on Amazon Prime. It's unbelievable. It has the most SSP disclosure I've seen in one in one place. Um, it has the cars, Jackie. It does. Yeah, yeah. They have a few scenes of of the cars, like you were like you described in there. Exactly. There's like a few other things. Not exactly. No. But basically the same thing. And I'll tell you the thing about Halo. So like I'm I'm a little freaked out that I ha I like I've seen every episode like five or six times. Like I'm glued to it. Did you like watch the new the newest one? That's tonight. I'm gonna watch it tonight. It's like awesome. when we get done here, I'm gonna go in there and turn it on. Dude, it's the best it's one. on Amazon. It's, it's on, on it's Paramount, Paramount Plus. Mm -hmm. But you can get to it through Amazon. Oh, and, I was gonna say, who uh, wants to send me their login? Yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> not on camera. Uh, I, I want to say this: the first thing that hooked me about it, the very first episode, was like super violent, and I was, I was like, "Oh, here we go, another one." But the scene, there are a couple scenes where they show up in public in armor, in the armor, where the the what are they, the Spartans, or they're in yeah. full on armor, and they walk into, 
And that's exactly what it was like when one of those dudes walked in. Everybody, everybody perked right up and, and behaved. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because they were impressive. The Mars armor, when somebody stood in front of you in armor on Mars, one of the soldiers was in, our, in their armor. It was like looking at somebody that was wearing a Learjet around them. It was in, it was absolutely in you were in awe of that and the, the the series shows that immediate and I get the same kind of like flutter from it because it it literally is that badass the armor suits that they had on were are literally were that good. But it and then it evolves into it's not so action packed the whole time but it's it's really like detailed right. about what how they actually pulled this stuff off and like and it, it's about you know super soldier getting mind wiped and. And get his memories back and, and realizing he has implants and um it's pretty insane it's it's major disclosure yeah i was happy that it wasn't going to be a nothing but a, a bloodbath every show so we're talking we're on a show a guy we're a guy and a girl that had a show that have a show to, on another show talking about a show yeah <laughs> we, exactly yeah. i want to check it out though i'm so out of the loop so it's i, I like <laughs> um i still need like, to watch it i haven't watched it yet I'm, it's I'm like here. the people on tv who are watching tv who are watching tv yeah um, exactly uh yeah anyway I, I i think like this we we're just talking about disclosure this is how it's happening i mean it's amazing to me you know people are going to watch that and think oh sci-fi another sci-fi show but uh when you're into this topic it's like holy cow and then you, I, I feel like it needs to be rewatched. there's a lot of little easter eggs throughout there but not just that you know star trek is another one but um across the board right now we're getting stuff like that uh we're just entering a new time something we've never seen before and i'm you know as dark as it is i'm I'm excited to see where it goes because i know this is only temporary everybody's always wanted change and now that we're on the cusp of it we're seeing a lot of like the economy is totally screwed up right now we're seeing a lot of things like birth pains but one thing's for sure we're going to get some big changes no matter what in the short in the near future like you can see the world changing greatly around us whether we like it or not so disclosure has got to be close i mean you know whatever i hate hyping it up like i'm a salesman or something but uh, i mean you can kind of see you really i mean if you pay attention to what way the wind's blowing you can see that you know what i mean it's heading in that direction like there's major things happening and people they have already they already have disclosed Mm-hmm. that's the other thing you know we didn't really talk about this at the conference but i wanted to that the report came out they had a 1500 page report that nobody can find that was released at the pentagon a couple weeks ago that had the first report was on uap phenomenon the mm-hmm. second report was on abduction phenomenon about people having mysterious pregnancies radiation burns yes and, yeah. and I phenomenon saw that. from so that there's only, there's like an eight page report that came out like a summary, but I can't find the actual one. And the weekend that came out was the Will Smith smack smack and Chris Rock. So uh, it was not on the news. It was everybody was appalled by that. And then Will Smith started crying afterwards, which make which is what MK Ultra people do after they attack somebody is they emotionally mm-hmm. break down. And that was what Will did. So that was like a tell. That was a read on that. But it was like that came out so dominated the news. So that report about the strange pregnancies and radiation burns from people of abductees that is real incredible from the pentagon committee just fell to the wayside and now you can't even find it so yeah they are disclosing we have gotten disclosure they are telling us about it they're doing it in a sneaky underhanded way at the moment 
and it finally, just after years and yeah. years and years and years of ridicule and putting people in mental institutions and calling, you know, cover stories and lying, they're they're now, oh, by the way, all this was this is all real right. the whole time. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, there's more. I mean, at least it's happening, but yeah, it's just well, crazy. I just shared an article. Whoever follows me on Facebook might have seen this. A subterranean rept reptilians killed 15 coal miners declassified document reveals shocking intel it's actually a really good article and it first of all it starts off it gives the history of reptilians throughout all the ancient cultures uh in india egypt where they're depicted and it builds a backstory for them and then it goes all the way up to this incident that was classified it was these 15 coal miners that were literally attacked um by the reptilian looking creatures and it's it's an official it's an official report and it's finally out like this type of stuff is just slipping through the cracks you know um yep uh jackie your turn you've been quiet for a while <laughs> <Get her. laughs> well start talking. well i have well i was just thinking i wonder where that was and how long it takes before they declass isn't it like 20 years or something it's like 20 or 25 years yeah yeah, yeah. so i was thinking about that and then um you know, the thing that people always say to me is like, don't you think if this, if this were really happening that we would all know about it? And mm. I'm always like, nope. no, <laughs> but if you go look, you will know about it. It's like when somebody, you know, the, the film crew asked Tony, what would you say to somebody who said, I don't believe any of this? And my response is, that's not my fault. It's not my fault. If, if you yeah. don't believe any of this, and you don't, you have the blinders on of like, well, we would know about it. That is actually programming. And I feel sorry for you. And you're really not my problem, as cold hearted as that sounds. So I was just thinking about all these D class. I mean, you can find stuff about cloning from the 50s. Mm -hmm. the, the plans that we have now for cloning organs that we might do, they were the plan openly 50 years ago and it's been going on and it is going on i'm I almost went into embryos i'm not <laughs> going to go into embryos i'm not going to talk about the millions of frozen embryos in the united states right now with no regulation around what happens to them if you do not implant i'm not going into that or that we are openly <laughs> hybridizing humans and animals in like 37 states it's just when people say something like, well, if, uh, surely we would know about it. And I'm like, this is going on right under your nose and you don't know and you no longer get to say that because if you don't know about it, it is officially on you because this information is findoutable. You can always find it. Mm. How was that? How'd I do with my turn that, on the mic? That, that was great. And I agree with you 100%. It's all there. Like disclosure has been happening consistently over the years. It just gets swept under the rug. Yes. And uh, I mean, I'm actually in the middle of putting together a timeline of events that have happened that we can prove um, to combat this fake report we're about to get, because the, what they're doing with that is trying to rewrite history and forget, er erase history, forget about all of these events that we have documented. So while they're putting out their fake report, we need to be putting out 
um, reminders because, you know, we talk about this stuff and it's old news to us for a lot of this stuff is old news to a lot of us, but there's an entire new wave of people who don't know anything about this. So we have to like go back to square one sometimes and make sure that content is available for them before they get programmed with the fake soft disclosure um, that we're certainly going to get because whatever type of disclosure we get from the government is not going to be accurate. Why would we expect the people who have been suppressing it and lying to us the entire time to give us an honest disclosure about what they've doing? If they do that, they'll be blackmailing themselves because they all have blood on their hands and they're not going to tell them yeah. themselves. So we, we just have to do this, you know? Even aside from these disclosure reports that come, it's like you're not even aware going back to the you know reptilian creatures attacking the miners or people aren't even aware what's going on right now on earth under like under our noses so to speak right yeah. they have no idea what's going on with experimentation cloning hybridization just no idea you know okay i'm just gonna say this do you guys have female friends between 30 and 38 and if yes. so, how many of them have talked to you about freezing their eggs lately? It's like a big None. push. It's like everyone's pushing it. You've got to go freeze your eggs. You've got to go freeze your eggs. And there's no regulation around what happens to the eggs that you don't end up using in the end. They're given to science. Mm. Nobody's asking questions about this. This is going on right now. It's in the medical system. It's with insurance companies. And it's being pushed on women, which I know because I'm 37 and having a baby and i'm not even looking at disclosure documents anymore i'm like we've got to look at what's going on like right underneath our noses because it is way beyond anything you could possibly imagine it, the, the the truth is always way beyond the weirdness of fiction and people aren't aware and we're sitting around waiting for documents of reports happening off planet and i'm like the the same amount of weirdness is going on on planet that, that's my well that's that's, oh yeah and that's kind of go ahead oh that's that's been my argument um for a lot of this intel we're getting about what's happening in space right now and stuff i'm like you know it's great but how much is that actually benefiting us like we don't even know what's going on in our neighborhoods yeah uh, like we don't even know what's going on here and which is another theory i had why the conference was cloudy the whole time Maybe it's because we need to stop looking up. We need to start communicating with everyone who's around us and stop trying to communicate with them so much because this is, this is the, this is what we need to be focused on here. And, you know, that's just my Good theory. Point. Maybe it was cloudy at the conference. So we would, it would force us to communicate, yeah. you know, or to just to keep us together. And cause if it would have been nice every day, like you said, everyone would have been outside doing stuff separately spread out. Um, so it kind of kept us, all in the community kind of huddled together, which was awesome. Right. And bonfires were amazing, you know. So for the last 50 years, conspiracy theorists, <clears throat> people always, who's in who's in charge? Who's running us? Who's running the world? And who are we beholden to? And it's like it's the bankers, it's the people that are printing the money, or the it's cabal. the it's the cabal, it's this or that. But really it turns out the 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 real tell is the media because they're doing a bang up job of, job of programming uh, more than half of the people to believe absolute BS. And you can see it once you understand that it's programming when you watch, I like, I turn on the news just to see 100%. what the lie is for today. And when you think about, it makes me think about what Jackie said, the, that lately we have the Roe versus Wade thing. 
And I got into a big argument about the California, how they changed their laws the, uh, recently that uh, there's no punishment really for aborting a, a two week, two weeks after it's born, nine months and two weeks, you can actually not get in trouble for, for killing a fetus. Insane. Uh, and so nobody believed me. And so some, some friends, some people I work with looked it up and came in and just uh, today was like, oh, my God, I didn't know, Tony. And I, what they're doing with abolishing the Roe versus Wade, which what's going on right now, makes throws it back to the states to set their own law so that California isn't going to catch any heat for that. So right now with Roe versus Wade, it's a federal issue. So California is on the hook for passing these stupid laws that don't punish anybody. There's actually no incentive for, for not, it's actually, they didn't legalize it. They just got rid of any punishment. There's no, there's no crime. If a girl gives birth at nine months and abandons her baby to death, there's absolutely no crime there, even though that's, let's frankly, that's murder, no matter how you put it. That's not abortion. It's not your body's rights at, you know, it is at not like we're you can't even outside of the body. You can't even debate that. As not yeah, it's undebatable, but it's under yeah. there. It's on, and the people are banging a drum because the media told them to, saying that my body, my choice. And so that's why they're getting, once they get rid of the Roe versus Wade stuff, California is off the hook for this, for this incredible. I can't believe, I can't believe that people could sleep at night trying to legislate that, making well, that kind of <laughs> thing legal. And you can look it all up, right? I'm not trying to be political, well, but that's this is them. an example of what the, how powerful the media is right now. Right. And then, yeah. and obviously the, the goal behind that agenda is to normalize everything they've already been doing behind the scenes. Um, mm -hmm. So whenever it does come out, there's already a law for it that makes it legal. Right. Yes. And, and that it, with the pedophilia, child pornography, all the stuff that we're seeing now that they're trying to normalize it. And like, it's yeah. absolutely insane. How can it there is. be any argument that, it, that someone can be attracted to children and that not be illegal because the child is incapable, incapable of making a sexual decision? Exactly. The child is nothing but a victim across the board. So how can that even be debatable in any manner, way, right. shape, or form? But the fact of the matter is that's what these people have been doing for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And they have their own sexual things. You know, uh, there's like a black magic involved with it, with sexuality that they've been doing. Mm -hmm. And so they want to they want to make it legal so that they can just because disclosure is coming, whether you like it or not. Jackie, the answer that I had when they asked mm -hmm. me that, remember, yeah. what do you what do you say to people that don't believe what you're saying? And I said, I don't care. My answer on camera was, I don't care if you believe it or not, because it's coming whether you like it or not. There's nothing you can do to stop disclosure from happening. Well, yeah, just because you don't know about it. It's you're so going to believe it here in a minute. In, in, yeah. in, a, in a short time, you're going to believe it whether you like it or not. So exactly. I really don't care anymore if they believe me or think I'm, you know on whatever they are doesn't matter no. right exactly yeah i mean the, the, what did they say the truth doesn't care about your feelings yeah you right. know yeah it's it's gonna happen no matter how you feel your beliefs you are irrelevant to the truth the truth is the truth so it's your job to correlate your beliefs with the truth but it's not my job to convince you uh, you know it's so it's another tell by to that we are on the path to disclosure because the people that have been criminals all along are scrambling to not be criminals after disclosure happens. Mm -hmm. They're actually working very hard at it. And we're seeing these, excuse my language, batshit crazy uh, movements coming right. forward saying, you know, you can be my attract. It's a minor attracted person. Come on, man. You know, they're, like, right. and then the they're abortion to, thing. They're trying to cover their asses and do damage control and, and 
shred document. They're doing everything. They're freaking out right now because, like you said, disclosure is it's happening. Whether they like it or not, whether anyone likes it or not, it's all the well. And out. so it sounds alarming. And I would say this: I think about this. I think that if you're alarmed by this and thinking that they're going to get away with it, the the reality is is that there are way more people alive than not mm-hmm. that have morals. That there's right. no way that could stand. And no exactly. matter what law you pass, you know what I'm saying? The majority, there's just no way that people are going to swallow that. So no well, matter what happens. There's exactly. such a minority. There's such a minority. They they need the, the mouthpiece of the mainstream media. Because if they don't have that, like, yeah, we are the majority. Like, we totally crush them in numbers. They're, and it, and their game is over. You know, that, that's why you know you tune into the media and see what they're lying about but it would be nice to exactly. tune in one day and see that change because that's when we know things are finally looking for on the upside it's like keeping keeping well, our minds programmed and under their control is so crucial to them and that's why they push so hard with the media and with the programming because they lose that they lose everything because the second we start thinking for ourselves and acting from our true nature more and not believing just everything because the media tells it to us they they lose control and they're and that's happening it's happening more and more every day now and they're freaking out about it because they're like oh shit losing control of the sheep you know they're they're not buying our bullshit anymore and it all started here with a tiny podcast of a couple guys yep (laughs) right middle america starting the truth and watching it spread so here we are so i mean don't underestimate the power of media what what we're doing right now i mean Right. It's not in the millions, yeah. but it could be very soon. And so, I mean, don't, they're getting away with great things on the, with media they've established. I mean, don't underestimate the power of what you're doing here. Like things like the conference, the, what happened last week at the conference is going to echo for years. You know, that conference really was one of a kind and the first of a kind um, on, the, on the subject matter. Conferences out West, and I'm not going to, you know what I mean, point fingers. And I'm not saying this in a, I hope I'm not saying a bad connotation, but co- people that throw conferences are trying to sell s- tickets. They're trying to fill seats. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. they kind of threw subject matter at the wall to see what stuck. They were like, you know, this guy's this and this guy's that. And they're throwing all this subject matter in there. There was, you know, they had architects in there and, mm-hmm. and, and air conditionings for sale and then UFOs. Like they had all this yeah. stuff. Over. <laughs> they just wanted to sell seats. Really. They're That's trying to sell about, seats. These guys yeah. are making a living on it. So you're doing this for the truth. You're doing this for uh, the, because we're on the mission here, you know, to try to disclose. And that's kind of always what I've stuck to, uh, you know, the first, the first things first, and that's the mission that we're trying to, we're trying to move along disclosure to try to get the truth out of what's something that's been heinously held back from us all. And that's what you guys are doing. And what I'm saying is your conference because of that has a much more, uh, you know what I mean? A heavier footprint than any other conference that I've seen that has a scattered set of subjects to have a, all the, the only subject matter like this about the secret space program was huge. And I'm telling you, it's going to leave, it's cast a huge shadow over all the others to come because this information is that profound and to have it all, all over the place, conferences all over the place, all this other stuff. Like, and I don't want to take anything away from, from the other subjects, spirituality, healing, all of it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, all the alternative healing things and the therapies, like I get it, that's all awesome. But we need, you know, ufology is very fragmented and diversified by by design by the opposition. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact is, the the, the gateway uh, to the secret to ufology is the secret space program it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be normalized. 
and ufology is going to follow right inside. It's all going to come in line. It's all the same thing and spirit right. and psychic ability and spirituality. It's all in the same wheelhouse. It's right. just that they've kept it apart. And you guys really made a big, I mean, like groundbreaking conference to bring it all together. You know what I mean? In an order. That's what I mean. It needs to be arranged in order so that normies can swallow it. And because that's going to happen. I mean, because it's yeah. going to happen and we don't want it to be a train wreck when it does. So, well, well thank you for saying thank that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, it's easy. It's the truth. Right. All right. Yeah, Jackie, they, you have to top that compliment now, Jackie. No, I love that Tony said that, though, because they're, they're all about every, every component of that ufology, secret space program, psychic abilities, off planet activity. It really is just, it, it forces you to break down the lie we've been told about our history. I mean, earth history, really. And mm. because of that, the religions that have come in with earth history and this very limited, narrow scope that most of us accepted at least the first half of our lives. And then when you can let that go, all of this other stuff floods in at the same time, just like Tony was saying. I love that you said that, Tony. Right. And I just want to thank... Take the, I wanted to do this at the beginning, but uh, I butchered the intro. So I, I want to thank everybody who's listening, who was involved, all the vendors, everyone who helped, all the other presenters um, for even helping us pull this off. You know, it's been it was quite it wouldn't have happened if everyone didn't play their part, exactly. even the attendees like everyone was there doing something that contributed to the experience. So it's not just us it was everybody there so i just made this happen it's not just right. us. we just facilitated right. it yeah and, and you guys... while i'm while i'm at it i'm going to show you guys that picture that ufo um so it's very it's it's funny because it looks like an old like 1950 1950s pixelate pixelated uh ufo but this was caught over the river one night and it, it's really hard to tell actually it's interesting the smaller photo looks better than the bigger one but i'm going to share my screen here anyway and you can see it for yourself do you guys see that yeah oh yeah i think i saw someone showed me this picture right i think if i'm not mistaken Catherine mallory i think took this picture uh but it was cloudy the whole time and and yeah you could see right up yeah, here that's, there's a, that's a there's a, and there's no lights in the sky if you were there there's no lights no. in the sky in that direction at all that's not um, a plane. Yeah, that's right. Nothing else. Um, anyway. That was somebody getting dropped off. That was somebody's ride. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. You know what? I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to openly say this, and I mean it with all my heart. It's my, it's, my, it's my little secret desire to one day just show up in one like that. Just pull up in a disc. <laughs> you know, some people, want yeah, a, a, some people want a Lamborghini or a mansion. I wanted my own disc to ride around in. That I I, want I make no I make no apologies. It's a fantasy of mine. Well, I so. mean, dude, if we can bypass the airlines, I think everyone will share that same dream. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hopefully once the technology starts rolling out, that'll be part of it. You know, we'll all have our own. Right. You know, grab right. If anybody's listening up there, if the if the feds are listening, you can put me in for ambassador work or something. Throw me on a disc, man. <laughs> so up, I'll be on time. I promise. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I had no idea where the conversation was going to go, but it was awesome. It was really awesome. Thank you guys for sharing everything. And thanks for taking the thanks. time to come out and do this with us tonight. And thanks for being part of the conference and making it 
phenomenal and right it was right. awesome it was a lot of energy and um yeah i i had a great time i absolutely loved it there was a bit of a hangover and um i it was like a once in a lifetime thing i i really loved it being there I'm, i hope you do it again and i hope that everybody i saw there i get to meet again because it was like it was a family atmosphere it was an absolute blast it and really i can was. say that about most conferences that the crowd is the real star of the show uh, the yeah. people that show up are really amazing every single time so mm -hmm. I hope I see everybody again. I just absolutely loved it. And I was um, honored to speak. Thank you. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it's good you said that because my sister came. This is her first conference. She's new to all this stuff. Very new. She came for a half a day. She saw you, Jackie, and Laura Eisenhower. But she she didn't plan on coming the whole day because she just thought a conference. I'm going to come and sit in for these presenters. And she thought it was like this very formal like thing. She had no idea what it actually was. And she was like, if I would have known it was this, I would have planned accordingly. She didn't want to leave. She like really, it was hard oh, for her to leave. Um, that's awesome. But that's what people don't understand. Like so many people like are so fast or focused on the presenters. I'm like, guys, the presenters are like, yeah, it's important, but you don't understand the magic of it happens. It's so much more. Yeah, yeah. It's the people and the right. yeah, conversations. And right. Um, new people and stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, um, Christina Love. I saw you gave us a, a little donation earlier. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you to the moderators. And uh, thank you to everyone who made it to the conference and helped make it exactly what it was. Don't forget, we have uh, some Omnia patches. Um, if you guys are looking to protect yourself from uh, any harmful EMFs, uh, you can get 10% off of those with promo code TRUTH, all caps. Hopewell Farm CBD, they were a vendor at the conference and, uh, and a lot of people really enjoyed their stuff. Uh, I don't know if they still have their 420 sale going on or not, so I hope they don't get mad at me for giving out that code if it's not active, but uh, JTT420 gives you 20% uh, off of their uh, merchandise. And then we have just partnered up with our friend Mason Fury, who makes these amazing Organite pyramids or Orgone pyramids. Uh, Merlin's Lab is the name of his business, and uh, you can get 10% off, maybe 20% off. I don't remember exactly what the percentage is with promo code Solstice. And all of those links are below in the description. Um, I think I covered everything. And all of our Teespring merch is 20% off on uh, Teespring with promo code 20 and back. Uh, and this conference t-shirt is back up there after it was already removed twice by some haters, but I put it up there again. So hopefully we'll see. Hopefully it's still there. Yeah, it's insane. Cause you can report a shirt on Teespring. Well, somebody kept reporting this shirt and they kept, kept taking it down. It. So people couldn't buy it pr prior to the conference, but it's back up there again until somebody reports it again, I guess. But. <laughs> I wonder who could have done that. Right. I mean, <laughs> it was we Tony. People it wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony's. Um, well, I want to know. I want to tell you that I wanted to wear it tonight. And you asked me on mine, my because I have one of them, and it's already been stolen by my daughter. So, oh. so <laughs> nice. you guys wow. picked a good fabric. I have to say that they're well, so soft; it will oh, become you. your favorite shirt. I did it on purpose. Are, I agree. It costs a little more, but I hate when you go and buy a shirt that you're just not going to wear. You can't wear. <laughs> Yeah, so I wanted, like, if you're going to spend your money on it, you might as well be comfortable in something you want to wear, you know? Good job, Tyler. You did good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, just, I mean, I agree with that. It's if for the little bit amount more. It's totally worth it. You know? Totally worth it. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
enough about the t-shirts. <laughs> uh, good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And I'm not even going to be able to end this because I'm not on the right screen right now. So hang on. Um, we will see you next time. Have a great evening. And we love all you guys. Good night, guys. <laughs>